Once at Varanasi, as Swami Vivekananda was coming out of the temple of Mother Durga, he was surrounded by a large number of chattering monkeys. They seemed to be threatening him. Swamiji did not want them to catch hold of him, so he started to run away. But the monkeys chased him. An old monk was there, watching those monkeys. He called out to Swamiji, Stop! Face the brutes. Swamiji stopped. He turned round and faced the monkeys. At once, they ran away. Many years later, Swamiji said, If you ever feel afraid of anything, always turn round and face it. Never think of running away. Hello, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's Big Topic episode entitled Face the Brutes. I'm Eric, host of The Working Title Show. I don't like bullies. I don't like witnessing violence. I don't like confronting others about their own behavior. At the same time, I know all too well that most people fall prey to the bystander effect. I cannot allow myself to do this. I have no right to complain about the state of things, that I am doing nothing to change. I hold myself to this standard, which some may find a bit adamant and strict. But the choice to hold myself to such a standard allows me to challenge you, not as a hypocrite, chanting do as I say, not as I do. My way of life allows me to ask you, with every bit of sincerity, what are you doing on a day-to-day basis to rectify the wrongs that you see in your part of the world? Is that list long or short? The length of the list and the depth of each item speaks volumes. Try to write them down. Get a visual representation of what you're doing to make our world better. This will help you stay on track. If you aren't focused on becoming the change you wish to see in the world, then becoming isn't your problem. Pick your battles wisely. If I am not conscious of what I'm doing, saying, and thinking, then the brutes will win every single time. My mind is an oasis and a paradise at certain times in certain places. But then there are always those portions that remain jungles, wild and overgrown. There are those portions that remain natural and fucking scary. In these portions of my psyche live my inner bullies. They know I don't often wander around these parts and so can do their bidding without contention. The old me would refuse to visit these spots. I was afraid of them and their power over me. The bullies, that is. But that is no longer who I choose to be. I am the master of my inner sanctum. I am the observer of the internal mechanisms we call the mind. I spend many years constructing walls and halls to hide the brutes inside. I could neither bear them nor beat them. The only salient solution was to avoid them at every cost. 
that cost being me performing mental gymnastics. I had to uphold two internal worlds, the one where I ruled and the one where the brutes ruled. This took a tremendous amount of effort, but my mind was set on escapism and denial, and so my mind went to work to do my bidding. As I accommodated these thugs of thought, I slowly learned that they do not like to be told no. I gave them 1% of my kingdom and they wanted two. I gave them two and they wanted four. I gave in to their demands and they grabbed for more. Give a mouse a cookie and it will ask a glass of milk. As I was still unready to do battle, I saw my home and my people slip away to tyranny, torture, and death. I saw the ones I had vowed to protect, slaughtered and humiliated before my very eyes. And so I did the only thing that I knew how to do then. I built walls. Soon, I became the one stuck in a cell. The irony is not lost on me that I made for myself my own prison. I fashioned my hell out of fear and failure. I hewed the stones of my cell with cowardice and stuck them together with the mortar of mortal flight. But I had every opportunity to stand and fight. The loss bled the soils of my sanctum dry. I had allowed for the worst of all outcomes, for the worst of all possible worlds. I had grown dependent on despair and depression. I had accepted my fate. I had finally accepted my destiny to die. And this was the last thing those beasts will ever remember about their heyday. This was the critical turning point which transforms my story from tragedy to triumph. This was my breakthrough. You see, fear is the only irrational fear. The mind makes quite sure of that. The bracing for impact is what amplifies the danger of impact. A drunk crashes a car and walks away sound as a pound. A sober person flinches and shatters their bones for their worries. What is my point? My point is that I can't not flinch, at least not yet. What I can do is get better at flinching. I can learn how to brace myself appropriately. At this juncture, my issue isn't fear but rather my inappropriate reactions to it. I ignore my fear when I should face it. I exert myself against my worries when they barely fucking matter. What I mean is that I need to learn how to become flexible so that I might turn the dial of intensity to the proper setting for whichever fear presents itself. What I mean is that I need to learn how to feel my fear so I might accurately apply the necessary countermeasures. What I mean is that I need to learn to accept fear as a guide, a guru, an instruction, a directive, an alarm system set in place by nature to scream, heads up dude, 
Shit's gonna get hairy real soon. Shit is never not going to be hairy for very long in any aspect of life. The sooner you realize this truth, the sooner your true objective is revealed. That's when you are ready to face the brutes within. So shape up and ship out any hesitation for he who hesitates is lost. Let's get found individually and together if you catch my drift, folks. Let's get to work, shall we? I was inspired writing this section by a WikiHow article. I'll post the link in the description of the podcast. The first thing to do is to confront the bully in public. Because the actions of a brute are difficult to predict, especially if we don't understand him or her, confronting this person in public is the safest way to go about confronting them. It means that there will be witnesses. This will deter your bully from getting physical or violent to an extent. However, be warned that it does not guarantee your safety in this confrontation. The next thing to keep in mind is that you must be ready to stand up and be confident. The bully thrives on weakness and insecurity. The bully often chooses victims based on them being viewed as easy targets. By physically standing your ground, you communicate to your bully that you are not afraid. What one has to keep in mind is that getting emotional will not help. Be stern and confident, but calm as well. Stay in control of yourself. Another tactic that might help is to bring a friend with you for support. Having moral support can make a huge difference. Having a friend can also isolate the bully and make it more difficult for him or her to continue their abuse. Be there for your friends when they need your support in confronting their bully. Be ready to answer that call. To get support, you must give support, my friends. When you take on a supportive role, you don't need to say anything or even actively participate. Your presence alone makes the difference. A bully needs for you to be upset by their words or actions. They need to know that they have power over you by behaving a certain way. Do not let your bully do this to you. Show your bully that you don't care. Do your best to show the bully that you don't care what they say or do. This is not easy. Keeping a level head while being attacked is intensely difficult, but with time, practice, and effort, it is possible. Keep a neutral face. Do not show anger even if you feel angry. No matter how mean the bully may become, respond with neutral phrases like, that's interesting, and okay, thanks. This disarms the brute. This renders their most effective tools of manipulation ineffective. But be warned, this will result in your bully becoming quite frustrated. 
Do not be afraid to call on an authority figure if bullying becomes a problem. Sometimes you will be unable to deal with the problem by yourself. There's nothing wrong with this. If you cannot accept and ask for help, the brute is only a secondary issue. To get over your own fears is the crucial initial step to confronting a bully. So seek help if you feel like you must. If your confrontation escalates to physical violence, walk away. Staying and fighting will only make things worse. You could be charged with assault. You could take physical damage. This isn't about defeating somebody, my friends. This is about setting your boundaries. This is about drawing a line in the sand and saying, I will not allow you to pass. This does not mean defending your line. You have no obligation to do so. If you feel physically threatened, or if you feel in danger of attack, you have every right to leave the situation. Always report physical violence to the proper authorities. The brute depends on a rhythm. They depend on you being thrown off of your rhythm. To avoid this from happening, interrupt the bully when they begin their childish little game. Don't wait until they're done. Don't give them the opportunity to attack, even if you know you can handle it. This isn't about you entirely. This is partly about enlightening the brute. This is about letting them know that although they may have met great success by bullying, they will achieve none of that with you. Whether you see someone else being bullied or someone is behaving in a way that you do not appreciate, act in the moment. Be specific. Deal with one problem at a time. Explain why the behavior is unacceptable and how it should change. If you cannot communicate this, you are not ready to face the brutes. Studies have shown that taking action immediately has a slightly better chance of stopping the behavior. Sometimes coming to a brute in private, one-on-one, -on -one, is possible and well-advised. If you have a problem with how someone is acting, meet with them in private and explain your situation. This will prevent either of you from having to be embarrassed in front of others. Remember that you're speaking with a fellow human being, even if they haven't treated you with the same respect. Let your bully know that stopping their behavior is in their own best interest. Brutes may not care about other people, but they sure do care for themselves. Tell the bully that their behavior is embarrassing themselves. Document every instance of bullying if your situation escalates, you want to have records of everything that has happened. Make sure to keep your emotions in check. The brute has the same ability to document. If you respond emotionally or aggressively, it can and often will hurt your ability to state your case.
This portion of the podcast was inspired by a blog I found online, which I will link in the description. Quote, All confidence is acquired, developed. No one is born with confidence. Those people you know who radiate confidence, who have conquered worry, have acquired their confidence, every bit of it. Unquote. Dr. David Schwartz. Mastering confrontation will not be easy, but living a life devoid of any confrontation will quickly become a hell. I never used to speak up when anyone was bothering me, or even when I knew it was the right thing to do. I was afraid. Standing up for myself or anyone else was too intimidating for me to handle. What was the result of living this way? <laughs> I was unhappy. My relationships would crumble. Anxiety and stress became chronic conditions. Confrontation is cunning, baffling, and powerful. We can all benefit from learning to master the art of confrontation. We can all benefit from using confrontation to resolve any issues we may experience. One thing to remember is that most people act out of fear and pain avoidance. Seth Godin says, quote, it's human nature to quit when it hurts, unquote. Seth Godin is a prolific marketing coach. His understanding of people and how they react to different scenarios is quite close to mastery. When describing people's default reactions, Godin once wrote, quote, Short-term pain has more impact on most people than long-term benefits do, unquote. Our minds are wired to see avoidance of short-term pain as more, as more important than achieving long-term success. If I could guarantee your life would improve just by facing one single brute, would you do so? What is the one conversation that you know you need to have? the one that you keep putting off. Why are you avoiding it? What's holding you back from creating a better life for yourself? Is it worth it to never achieve your highest vision just because you are too scared to have a conversation? Is the fear of that conversation really worth all the stress, anxiety, and mental strain that you've experienced? Entrepreneur Tim Ferriss once wrote, quote, it's lonely at the top. 99% of people are convinced that they are incapable of achieving great things and so they aim for mediocrity. The level of competition is thus fiercest for realistic goals, paradoxically making them the most competitive, unquote. We don't have to live this way, folks. In fact, once you make the decision that you want a life that only 1% of people are going for, you'll find the competition and progress is easier than ever. David Deida is a best-selling author and teacher on the dynamics of interpersonal relationships. He explains in the following passage how self-confident and focused individuals approach confrontation and successfully resolve their issues. Quote, 
Open the front of your body so your chest and solar plexus are not tense. Sit or stand up straight and full, opening the front of your body, softening your chest and belly. Look directly into the eyes of whomever you are with, feeling your own pain as well as feeling the other person. Only when your body is relaxed and unguarded, your breath full and deep, and your gaze unguarded and directly connected with the other person's eyes, can your fullest intelligence manifest spontaneously in the situation, unquote. Your physical and physiological stature during a confrontation is extremely important. Most people don't realize how true this is. Once you fully embrace your pain, you can see it objectively. If you cower and slump your shoulders, meekly speaking as you confront intimidation, your impact will be minimal and you will feel weak and inferior. Self-confident speakers approach confrontation with a battle plan. If you want to successfully resolve a difficult issue, you need to have a plan. Your mind follows what your body does. To allow yourself maximum confidence, you need to open your chest in front. Your chin should be up, your eyes locked. Don't submissively avoid eye contact. You should be focused, direct, and embrace the pain of the conversation. Avoiding it will only increase it. You need to continuously upgrade your self-confidence. Without the right posture, steady and firm, you will bend. Quote, Taking responsibility always leads to a revelation of what your next step needs to be. Unquote. David Riccio, How to Be an Adult. If you want resolution, first, clean up your side of the street. One simple reason behind most failures in confrontation is that they stem from the fact that it's easier to lash out at someone than to take personal responsibility. It's easier to criticize something out of your control than to admit and fix something that you can control. Jesus Christ shared a similar message in his famous Sermon on the Mount. He said, quote, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank within your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Unquote. Matthew chapter 7, verses 3 to 5. If you want any success in difficult situations, first fix your problems. Only then can you access the confidence that comes from living an honest and good life. Taking responsibility always facilitates higher levels of thinking, deeper insights into the core of what's really going on, the resolution. This is why most people seem to never resolve anything. They aren't willing to take responsibility for their part. 
preventing them from achieving higher levels of thinking. As Carl Jung once said, darkness and upheaval always provide an expansion of consciousness. The Thomas Kilman Model for Conflict Resolution. Find the link for this in the description of the podcast. The Thomas Kilman Model identifies five different approaches to resolving conflict. Number one, avoiding. Someone who uses a strategy of avoiding mostly tries to ignore or sidestep the conflict, hoping it will resolve itself or dissipate. Two, accommodating. Using the strategy of accommodating to resolve conflict essentially involves taking steps to satisfy the other party's concerns or demands at the expense of your own needs and desires. 3. Compromising The strategy of compromising involves finding an acceptable resolution that will partly, but not entirely, satisfy the concerns of all parties involved. 4. Competing Someone who uses the conflict resolution strategy of competing tries to satisfy their own desires at the expense of other parties involved. And finally, five, collaborating. Using collaboration involves finding a solution that entirely satisfies the concerns of all involved parties. This model identifies two dimensions people fall into when choosing a conflict resolution strategy assertiveness, and cooperation. Each of the above strategies involves differing degrees of assertion and cooperation. For example, accommodating is mostly cooperation and very little assertion. Competing, on the other hand, is heavy on assertiveness and low on cooperating. To choose the best method in any given situation, some factors need consideration. How important are your desires? If your desires aren't served, how does this impact others? What are the consequences of applying more assertiveness? Does a collaborative or cooperative solution even exist? How far are you willing to go to achieve this outcome if it is possible? Being able to choose and apply the best method is made possible by developing better conflict resolution skills. Examples of these skills include the ability to listen effectively, identify specific points of disagreement, express your own needs clearly, view conflict as an opportunity for growth, and focus on specific issues without generalizing or escalating the situation. Though you may have a proclivity towards a specific type of conflict resolution, you are not required to use this strategy in every situation. Be flexible as well as well-rounded. With time and effort, you can learn new skills that improve your ability to negotiate and resolve issues with others. Eventually, you will hone these skills and conflict resolution will seem almost effortless. I believe in all of us, folks. So let's cultivate these skills together 
and really open up to each other. Holy cow, holy cow, what an episode this week, huh, folks? I hope you learned something. I hope... I hope this helps. I really do. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening, for spending your personal time listening to me talk about what I believe in. Bullies exist within us and outside of us. You always have to remember that it's not sinking to their level that solves anything, but rising as high as we can to our own potential. It's about being better because we know that we can be better and that if we want anyone else to be better, first, we must be better. It's as simple as that, folks. So let's get better together. One day at a time. I'd like to thank Tony Lachavo for writing some of the music that I used in this week's podcast. And I would also like to thank him for his support for his opinions, for his feedback, just for him being there. Thank you, Tony. As we come to the end of this week's episode, I simply want to say, you can do this. You can face the brutes. Don't run away anymore. The time for turning away and running is over. It's done. We don't have to do it anymore, folks. It's time to stand our ground but not like a bully. No, 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 no. Like somebody who really will do anything to make the world a better place. It's not selfish, it's selfless. We want to make this world beautiful. I know we do, and we can, but wanting it doesn't make it any easier. We'll involve practice, daily practice, Whether you recite affirmations or mantras, keep your mind and body strong because we need you. I need you to be the best you that you can be so that we can make things better together, folks. Have a good week. Take care and be good. I love you guys. See you next week.